How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Getting you ready for NBA Finals Game 6 tonight. Which superstar will top Chris Broussard's under duress list? He's got a good list for you today. Hey, Tom Brady says his window is closing. Will he win ring number eight before it's too late? Too late for what? And believe it or not, Steve Kerr says Draymond has been great in these NBA Finals. It is a rainy Thursday morning here in New York City, but we got a lot of good stuff to talk about today. Is Kerr right? Nick right? Is he even great? He's No, Steve Kerr is not right. He is gaslighting us, however. Steve, we are one game removed from Steve Kerr binging Draymond Green. And now he's like, oh, I don't know what everybody's talking about. He's been outstanding. What is happening? I, I, we can I watch think he these games. Devastating on defense. I know. Right? Here we go. Soon. NBA Finals, game six. Tonight in Boston, you can explain in about 32 seconds. Steph and the Warriors are in the driver's seat. They're up 3-2 in the series. They got the Celtics on the brink. But if history tells us anything about these Boston Celtics, they're going to be a tough out. Boston, 3-0 in elimination games this postseason. So Chris Broussard over there on Lonely Warriors Island. Does Golden State close it out tonight? It's lonely, but it's nice, Jenna, because I'm on top. Everybody else on this show, all the guests, all you other panelists, everybody's with Boston. And I told you guys before the series, Golden State in seven. And I have been saying this week that while my heart would like the Warriors to close it out tonight in game six, my head is saying Celtics. But my head's been thinking a lot recently. And I'm here oh, to tell you today that my head has come to agree with my heart. The Warriors end it tonight, like Steve Kerr said, in the locker room after game five. Let's do it in Boston. So they will go to Boston tonight where the Celtics are six and five in the playoffs. They're way better on the road. Eight and four than they are at home in TD Garden Wilds. I'm sorry they get loud. Do they still play that Geno dance video on it? It don't matter. They're so. better away from all that. And tonight, mm-hmm. all that's going to be going on and then some. And the Golden State Warriors are going to send them home in tears because Steph Curry will bounce back from the only playoff game, Nick, he's ever had where he missed the three-pointer. 
223 straight games overall, 132 playoff games. He hadn't missed one. He'll bounce back from that. Game six, Clay will show up. His two highest scoring playoff games ever came in game sixes. He shoots 49% from three in his playoff career in game sixes. Last game six, he dropped 30 on the Memphis Grizzlies. Draymond Green will continue to play well. I won't go great like Kerr, okay. but wow. well like he has in the last couple of games. Continue Andrew to Williams play well. will continue, will continue to shame his number one hater, which is the guy on the screen with me. Oh, and all of wait, that will happen. And the the Warriors will. I have win. a lot to say here. Close it out. But tonight. you just reminded me of something. Because, Brew, I have little emissaries all over the country, particularly at local radio stations. That's kind of my breeding ground. And I it would be it's very intriguing, and I want the audience to know that Chris Broussard, it's one thing for Broussard to attack me here on neutral ground when I am here to defend myself. Chris Broussard went on a local radio station in San Francisco last night and took some shots at your old buddy Nick Wright and the Andrew Wiggins take. And you think those you think that doesn't get back to me. Oh, it all gets back to me, my friend. You can't go on 95-7 the game in San Francisco and think Damon uh, Bruce and Ray Ratto aren't going to immediately report back to me what Chris Broussard had to say about me on their after their midday show. So I'm aware of what you're trying to do here. I'm also aware of this. Wilds and Jenna, you guys can be the judge, but I think we have our second flip-flop of the series. I, I think Br- Brew, oh, wow. Warriors and seven, no. ten toes down, that Warriors and seven. Flip now all of a sudden it's Warriors and six. No, 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 no. no. That, that not a flip-flop? No, thank you, okay. Thank you for being uh, objective. Apparently a flip. What? I just didn't know. I don't That's know the rules. That's where you're at? You, I didn't you know the I know that. You just that low to where you're reaching oh, like listen, that. Stop it. Wait until I go on, uh, you know, the radio station in Tupelo, Mississippi today. Talk trash on you. Hope it never gets back to you. But more importantly, why I think Brew is wrong is I think that all those role players he was talking about on the Celtic side are going to play big games. And I know Wilds has understandably, but I think maybe a little overstated, uh, you know, well, He's understandably wanted to see more from Tatum. I think he's a little overstated how little he's seen from Tatum. But I don't think tonight's going to be about Jason Tatum. I think tonight's going to be about Jalen Brown and about Al Horford. The Celtics have won two games in this series. In those two games, Jalen Brown and Al Horford were outstanding. In their three losses, Jalen Brown and Al Horford have been bad. And we focused on Tatum. But those two guys, if they play well, the Celtics will win. And Wilds, not only do I think they'll play well, I don't think tonight is going to be a great game. I think tonight is going to be Overall. a lot of, you know, sweet Caroline, a lot of a lot of drunk Boston fans, great which song. really I'm very uncomfortable with them being my allies, and a lot of celebrating, you know what I mean, in Beacon Hill or wherever the hell you guys hang out. I, I think tonight is going to be <laughs> what a lot of these playoffs have been, a double-digit victory for the home team, and I think the Celtics will force a Game 7 where all of a sudden all the pressure shifts to Golden State. Okay, you are... 
You are far more optimistic than I am, even though you continually to t- continue to take shots at Boston, who are now your allies, as you Was correctly it stated. Hill? Here's what I'm worried about. I want the Celtics to win. Stupid Hills. I want Jason Tatum to be game six bucks, Jason Tatum. We're at 46 points uh, on 32 shots. He had 11 straight points in the fourth. That guy hasn't been around. Now he's shooting 24% in the fourth. And Broussard, I just think it's bizarre that you can say, hey, the Warriors are going to win. And never really mention Jason Tatum. It doesn't feel like you're worried about Jason Tatum at all. And, you know, you're the facts over feelings, guys. But that's what gives me pause. When you can talk about how this game is going to play out. And both of you guys are not like, you know who's going to have a good game. You know who's going to show up. Their first team All-NBA superstar. So that's why I'm in a little bit. I'm in a little bit of a rut this morning. I, I've tried. I've tried to be critical of Jason Tatum. I've tried to be inspiring to Jason Tatum, and now I've just been convinced to lower my expectations. I want Game Six Bucks Jason Tatum to show up, Broussard. I just don't know if he's going to. Do you? Are you worried at all that Tatum can carry the Celtics to a victory? Be a little bit worried for my sake. He can't. He look. I I, I still think he's a legitimate Saturday. superstar. He's a great player, but he is going through growing pains. He is, and I told you, Wiles. I know it's painful right now, but years from now, hopefully, you'll look back at this and say, "Yeah, he learned from that." But it's he's learning right now, and I'm not confident he's gonna have a great game. I really, I don't expect what he did against the Bucks in Milwaukee when he played probably the best game of his career with the 46 points, uh, what, nine rebounds, I believe. Uh, I think like Nick is right about one thing. I do think Jalen Brown will play better tonight than Jason yeah. Tatum. I right, don't believe, though, that all the role players will step up. You know, we talked yesterday about the disappearing act of Peyton Pritchard, 0 for 5 the last two games. Derek White, 28% shooting like the last three games. Al Horford, Nick, hasn't shown up after the great game on 26 game points. Three. He's had 30 points in the last four games, you know, sure. but 30 points total in those four games. Yep. And Grant Williams is averaging three points a game over the last two. So I, if Tatum's not awesome, Brown won't be awesome, but he'll be good. I don't know where it's coming. Brown Marcus be Smart awesome. has been Marcus Smart has been oh, very good. Well, I'll, for him, for what he Listen, is, he's I, been good. I think Brown could be awesome. I wouldn't be shocked if Brown has more than 30 points tonight. We've seen him score 40 in these playoffs. Oh. We've seen him be excellent. I don't think he's going to have three straight down games. I also don't think Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard, or Derek White are going to save the day for the Boston Celtics. It's got to be their best five guys. It's got to be Tatum, Brown, Horford, Marcus Smart, and Time Lord. Uh, that, th- those five guys, which is why I don't think you have to have Tatum have some explosion. But I don't want Wilds to be in a rut. This is a big day for him. One of his three favorite teams, along with the Knicks and Magic, have a chance to get one game away from an NBA title. <laughs> so I want to make you feel better, Wilds. I, okay. I can't prove this, but I have reason to believe that even though we have an amazing and growing number of viewers, I'm not certain... Jason Tatum is one of them. So I think his play might be independent of your commentary. I don't think you should feel like I haven't done enough to inspire (laughs) Jason Tatum. I think there is a chance, albeit an outside chance, 
Jason Tatum is is maybe not you know up to date on your peaks and valleys of his performance. So I don't want you to own the Jason Tatum uh, disappointing finals. I don't think it's on you. Another great Boston moment, okay. like uh, Robin Williams said to Matt Damon, it's not your fault, buddy. It's not your fault. Okay. Jason Tatum's just a young guy who's struggling in the finals. You, you know, I, I, so I don't think you should own that. Deuce watches, from what I hear. Game six tonight, we got much more on this <laughs> coming up. Switch some gears talk some football. Brady talked yesterday about how much he's got left in the old tank. Share his comments with you. On the other side, first things first. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. First things first, you know, far be it from us not to help promote other shows. The Dan Patrick Show. Love Dan Patrick. You catch it? Yesterday, Dan had two guests on. One was our guy, Nick Wright. Love you, Nick. The other was Tom Brady, Thanks. Nick and Tom. Yeah. Nick was asked about his high-end fake jewelry that he sometimes wears on the show. Tom was not. Okay. Tom was asked about what's keeping him motivated at this stage of his career. Take a listen. I think I'm part crazy. I mean, I think that's the reality. I mean, <laughs> 45 years old and I'm out here with a lot of young guys that are trying to take my head off. And I see Aaron Donald work out on my Instagram. I'm like, damn, maybe I should have retired, you know, (laughs) because he's a beast. Um, But, you know, I had the appetite to compete and uh, it's going to be gone soon. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And I got to, you know, just really appreciate what the time I have left because it's not a lot. Well, he said it. Not a lot of time left, but Fox Bet likes Tampa's Super Bowl chances this year. Have them second in the odds. Second, Nick. Let that sink in for a second. Nick, will this be Brady's last opportunity to win a Super Bowl? No, I think last year was his last opportunity to win a Super Bowl, at least with the Bucs. And he knew it, which is why he tried to leave and go play somewhere else. And I'd love to play you some audio from Dan's interview asking about that, but Dan Patrick, my dear friend, but also shoddy journalist in his elder years, didn't ask him about okay. that. And you might say, Nick, that's unfair to broadcast Hall of Famer Dan Patrick. It is not unfair to Dan Patrick at all. I said it to him yesterday, and great job by Dan's booking people to get, you know, arguably the GOAT and the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Bucks in one show. Hell of a job by their <laughs> department with me and Tom Brady on there. But let's discuss... The Tampa Bay Bucks for a moment. Oh, what? oh, Wilds. Oh, Wilds, the only guy allowed to be the funny guy on the show. My God. Hey, set your ego aside for a moment, my friend. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay Bucks because their offensive line will be worse. 
right? Lost both their guards, lost Olimar Pet. That doesn't seem good. Their running back core will be worse. Ronald Jones is gone. Their wide receiver core will be worse. Antonio Brown is gone. Their front seven will be worse. Jason Pierre-Paul and Indomitian Sue are gone. Their coaching wilds should be a little worse with Bruce Arians moving on to a different role and Todd Bowles assuming that. Even if Todd Bowles is good, one would think there would be a little trickle down to the defensive side of the ball, not having Todd Bowles' full attention at all times. All those things, which is why Tom Brady, what business is Tom Brady in aside from shilling mediocre clothing? I'll tell you what business Tom Brady is in. He is in the Super Bowl winning business, Wilds, and he wanted to leave. What, What rings the best one? The next one. And Tom Brady told us with his own actions that he thought, at least at one point, he had a better chance to win a Super Bowl playing for the Dolphins than for the Bucks. So why should we believe in the Bucks' chances more than Tom Brady did? Tell me. Like, that's not me. Again, I'm, not, well, I'm, I'm out of the doubting Tom Brady's ability business. He almost won MVP last year. Sure. I just don't think the team's good enough. Yeah. And, la- and they weren't good enough last year. We saw it when they fell down 24-3 to the Rams. And, and when we saw it, and, and Brady was telling us throughout his own actions this offseason, he doesn't think this team is a Super Bowl caliber team. Okay, so I don't know if the Brady to the Dolphins puzzle was purely about winning a Super Bowl or setting up his post-career if he was going to have a piece of the team. So I don't know if you're allowed to just draw a straight line from, oh, that's the team I I think can win the Super Bowl, go up against the Bills and the mighty, mighty Patriots twice a year. I don't think that is the recipe for success. I think that was an overall career move. Here's the most interesting thing, and I'm glad you're doubting him because not too many other people are. And Broussard, this is what I think is the biggest challenge for Brady this year. Almost 100% minus Nick, adulation. The bookkeepers have the Bucks as the second best. Everyone thinks that Brady's the greatest. There's going to be probably a farewell tour for Brady, and he's never necessarily done well when everyone is like, you're the best, you're the best. If you look out through his career, he has been motivated by slights, by needing a mountain to climb, whether it's being the 199th pick, whether it's deflate gate, whether it's spy gate, whether it's drafting Jimmy G, whether it's Edelman yelling at him on the sideline, you're too old, whether it's going to Tampa and having to prove Bill Belichick wrong that you gave up on me too soon. But now we're at this other weird stage of Brady's career where everybody loves him. He's a living legend. He'll be 45, which means he's on the field with guys who not only grew up watching him when they were kids, literally have never known football in their lives without Brady being excellent and being a champion. It's not like, oh, you were my favorite player. You were football. So this was all kind of really pinpointed last year when Brandon Eccles of the Jets intercepted a ball and had Brady sign it. So Brady is living in this weird world of being a living legend and a competitor at the same time. And I think it's very hard to be super competitive when, when you got to give your opponents autographs because they are in so they are just adore you so much. So I think him navigating this and being no longer the far from being an underdog, from being the face of the league in the league's history, being a walking Babe Ruth, 
is very challenging to be like, yeah, I'm going to get this team, and then I'm going to sign autographs for them. It's very weird. That that was a strong take in many ways, Wilds. Uh, first of all, I love what you said. You shot down Nick's argument with great facts. Nick, why in the world yeah. would Tom Brady go to the AFC East, to the Dolphins, to play against the Bills twice a year? I don't and know. Ask him. The rest of the AFC. To. That's not, I think, no, right, but I think Wilds hit it on the head. It wasn't because he thought that was his best chance of winning the Super Bowl. It was because he was setting himself up for life after football to be an owner of that team. Can I respond to that quickly before you give your full take? Can I respond to that part just quickly before you give your full take? If that's the case, then Brew, does it not concern you? That Tom Brady, the ultimate competitor, the ultimate winner, by what you got, I'm arguing he's still most focused on winning Super Bowls and thought his best opportunity was elsewhere. Is your argument that winning Super Bowls is no longer his top priority? Because that would be concerning no. for a whole different no. set of reasons. I well, think he's okay, motivated I enough. I think, I think like most human beings, he's complex enough to have various motivations. All right, he can want to set himself up for life after football and still be committed to winning a Super Bowl. So I think it was that, nothing more, nothing less. But to answer, the, and, and Wilds, your other thing, great psychoanalysis, because obviously Brady has been motivated by slights throughout his career, dating back to when he was drafted in the sixth round. But here's the one caveat or the one thing that goes away from that. His last season, Last season, he's coming off leading the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl, all right? Ending the argument of whether it was Brady or Belichick who deserved more of the credit in New England for the dynasty. Everyone calling him the GOAT, and he goes out and has one of his best seasons ever. Leading the league in yards, leading the league in touchdowns. All right, so that showed, and Nick, to say they didn't have a shot, I mean, you, you, you kind of poo-pooed the team last year because they went down big to the Rams. Well, they came back and almost won that game and almost got to the Super Bowl. So they have a shot this year, and Brady will have a shot next year because it, if he wants to leave Tampa, he'll be an unrestricted free agent and can go wherever he wants. So, no, I don't think this is his last chance, Jenna. Uh, he's defying father time, and I think he'll continue to do it for a little bit longer. No, it, and but for for whatever it's worth, if they had beaten the Rams, which they were never going to do, but if they had, that would they would have then gotten a chance to play Jimmy Garoppolo. They were a game they away from being a game that. away last year in a game that they were battle. dominated for the first three and a half quarters of. But I just I just want to ask, and you guys can just think about this: do everything about post career ownership, all that aside, if Tom Brady thought the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were a juggernaut that they were the favorites, they were a great team, is he trying to leave? My answer to that is unequivocally no. That if it would, if they, he thought they had the same team they had going into last year when he thought they could repeat, there wouldn't have been any of this, I'm retiring to actually go play for another team. I think he's telling us what he thinks Tom. of this team. Tom doesn't wear fake jewelry. It's Budless time. On the heels of tonight's Game 6, which superstar will be under the most arrest? We find out next. First things first. 
Time for Broussard's under duress list. Athletes under the most duress doesn't get any much more duress than an elimination game in the finals. That's on tap for tonight's Celtics Warriors game six up in Boston. So Chris Broussard with basketball on center stage. Which five people are feeling the heat right now in the world of sports? Well, it is all NBA, Jenna, but not starting with the finals. I'm starting with Anthony Davis. Last weekend, it was caught on videotape. AD saying he hasn't touched a basketball since April 5th. That's more than two months, all right? Now, I'm not going to kill AD for that, all right? I've covered the NBA for over 25 years, and I've known many players who have a similar offseason routine where they don't touch a ball. But the optics... It looks bad, all right? The optics are horrible when you're coming off two subpar seasons by his standards and one in which you just shot 18% from three. So if AD doesn't come out and have a great year, people will point back to this video and say, see, he doesn't want it. He should have been shooting the basketball. They may be right, they may be wrong, but they will definitely look back at that video. Now, LeBron James, his teammate, in the spirit of the bud list, in the spirit of motivation, he put on Instagram this, what you're reading right there, don't get it twisted or get it twisted if you want. But AD's about to show y'all why he is him. Something like that. Well, he's going to show off next year. All right, so that, LeBron's trying to motivate him. But that actually adds a little more pressure to him as well. So he's number five on the bud list. At number four, Draymond Green. In addition to not playing his best basketball, I won't go full Nick Wright, but I won't go full Steve Kerr either. All right. Draymond said this yesterday at the media availability. Take a listen. Well, it doesn't compare to like mentally playing against LeBron James, who I think is arguably you know, one of the smart, arguably smartest guy to ever play this game. Uh, not one of, he's arguably the smartest guy to step foot on a basketball court. And so to, to say that it compares to that, it, it's it's disrespectful to LeBron and, and it's, it's a lie to you. Okay, I get what Draymond is saying and his sentiment, but in saying that comparing playing the Celtics is disrespectful, to LeBron James to compare it to matching wits with the King, that comes off as disrespectful to the Celtics. So I'm not one necessarily to believe Wilds in bulletin board material, but Draymond, for those that do believe in it, Draymond just gave the Celtics plenty. So he's gotta not only play well tonight, but he's gotta back up those words because I think the Celtics will be coming for him and the Warriors. Not so much because of that, but that'll just add adrenaline to their game. All right, at number three, let's stick with the Warriors and go with Jalen Brown. All right, uh, not to stick with the series. Jalen Brown at number three. Jalen's got to show up, one, their backs are against the wall. It's an elimination game, of course. All right, but also because they need him offensively. He was their best player in the first four games of the series. Didn't, and struggled mightily in game five. But he also has to guard game six, Clay. He's got to keep that Clay from emerging. I told you guys earlier, Clay shoots 49% from three when he is in game six in the playoffs. So it's up to Jalen Brown to make sure that doesn't happen. Because if it does, and Steph is on fire too, 
It's a wrap for these Celtics. At number two, speaking of Steph Curry, Steph, all right, now, Steph is right now the clear-cut finals MVP, but he's coming off a bad game. We didn't make a three-pointer. 0 for 9 from Trey. All right, so he has to come out and play well. If If they lose the game and he doesn't play well, now you're going back to Golden State with pressure on you to win game seven. Everybody's looking at you because you struggled in the last two games. All right. But there's also been a little buddy narrative, which I don't agree with, but it's out there that maybe Andrew Wiggins is the MVP. And if Steph doesn't play that well tonight and they win and Wiggins has another great game as he did in game five, could it be a 2015 all over again when Andre Iguodala surprisingly won the finals MVP? I don't think so, but you never know. So Steph needs to go out and deliver and seal the deal tonight, both individually and as a team. And at number one, Wilds, your favorite player, your favorite punching bag, I should say, Jason Tatum. All right. He he struggled and Wilds won't Wilds wants to kick, kick him out of club superstar. He he won't accept my uh, uh explanation that he's only 24 years old and he's going through growing pains and he has not been himself. There is no question about it. And I got to say this Wilds, even though he's only 24 and even though I've tried to comfort you by saying look at the future, you'll look back at this and say, "Oh, it was a learning experience." When I look at the East and see Giannis, and I see Joel yes, exactly. Embiid, and, and, and I, and not to mention Frisky Kevin magic. Durant, just because he's a little older, the, yeah, the Magic about to get Chet hungry, probably not, but they're gonna get somebody good. Uh, I, there's no guarantee that Tatum will get back to this place. That I think they got a good chance, but there's no guarantee, that's for sure. And so he's got to try to make the most of it, Nick, by delivering tonight. Uh, good news in the spirit of motivation, 46 points, nine rebounds last time he faced elimination in game six, of course, against the Milwaukee Bucks. So there is your bud yeah, list. Listen, right? I, I like the list. Steph, Steph, though, is the one I want to focus on because Steph Curry, I, they, they, again, there, there is this weird thing that's happening in sports media where folks are treating the 2022 finals like they're the 1962 finals and it's hard to find tape on them and you can just create narratives and lies i've had to deal with last couple of days oh you think steph played poorly in game five why don't you watch the game i did and he played poorly oh nick say the the argument against steph playing poorly is that because of the gravity and attention he demands from the defense he opens things up for everybody else. That is true. It also, though, again, if you want to actually make a logical argument, not you, Brew, but the generic you, would mean Steph can never have a bad game because that gravity's never going anywhere. That attention's never going anywhere. That's always there. So he's just ineligible to have bad games? No, he, like anybody else, can have bad games. What he cannot afford, Wilds, is back-to-back bad games. What he cannot afford is for the narrative going into these finals to have been, can Steph Curry have a truly great 
NBA Finals. He's had good NBA Finals. He's never had a great NBA Finals. We thought we were on the precipice of it after Game 4. His, I believe, his best playoff game of his life. And then he responded with the first playoff game of his life where he doesn't hit a three. So Steph needs to play well because I don't think Steph and the Warriors want anything to do with a Game 7. I do not think they want that pressure and that cauldron back the last time they played in the game seven in the nba finals it obviously didn't go for him the last time they faced elimination in the nba finals steph didn't play well so i think he needs to play well tonight make game five look like the aberration as opposed to game four look like the aberration so i think those are all great points i do have to bring the whole segment down a notch though looks like we're gonna have to cancel our trip to canton in the Football Hall of Fame that we were all going to go to, I was going to pay for it, the staff included everyone, to go see Hall of Famer Julian Edelman inducted into the Hall of Fame. But it looks like now, Broussard, I don't know if you were paying attention to this sports <laughs> summit they had out in Croatia, Edelman said he might be coming back to the New England Patriots if we can show what he said. He said, you know, he's been staying in shape. I don't know. We'll see. It's called a little teaser. We're staying in shape, but you never know. I'd probably go back to the Patriots. I love the Patriots. Foxborough forever. By the way, you can go to Julian Edelman's website and get plenty of Foxborough forever merchandise. So I'm putting the Hall of Fame on the butt list. I know they had their plaque ready to go with, uh, you know, career playoff receptions. It was Jerry Rice, number one. It was Edelman at 118. But now that plaque, you got to call the plaque guy and be like, hey, Looks like with the, no, when the Patriots make goes the playoffs back, and he gets more receptions, numbers wouldn't change. redo the plaque. That yeah. that's a that's another you know, loss like five for years. the Hall of Fame. Playoff numbers ain't going to So change. Edelman's back to the Patriots. Yeah. Too bad for the Hall of Fame. Looks like you don't have to wait, Broussard. Sorry, sorry to bring everybody yeah, down. You know, Wiles, okay this it, is the one thing you do that aggravates me as much up. as it aggravates Nick. Because Edelman, Edelman has as much chance of getting so in the NFL Hall of Fame as we do. As we do. As you and me and Nick and Jenna. That, that, that's how much well, we of, of a chance he has of getting in the Hall of Fame. All right. Now, not me. I don't even know if he starts if he goes back to New England. Tom Brady's not walking through that door. He's that's not coming sure. back. He should go to Tampa. If he wants to come back, he better go to Tampa Bay. He better if he wants Doesn't any chance Tampa of Bay getting merch. on the field. All right. Oh, Nick, let me address your your talk about Steph. Now, I I don't think Steph had a, as bad a game as you do in Game Five. Obviously, you're right about the notion that it's true. I mean, there's a video going around of Marcus Smart face guarding Steph thirty when Steph's yeah, thirty five yeah. feet away from the basket and the ball's on the other yes. side of the court. I mean, that is true and it is real. He does open yeah. things up for his teammates, even if he's not shooting well. But he played a good floor game. He had eight assists. He had some great passes. His defense obviously was solid because they locked up the Celtics. He just missed shots. He didn't shoot the ball well, but he does more than shoot. He actually does. He's a great ball handler. He's a know, very good passer, and he's a, become a solid defender. So he didn't have a great game. Don't get me wrong. But he didn't have just a horrific basketball game. So Can I, there, I just there's ask that. this question quickly? Uh, Is he yeah, in the discussion yeah. for nah. top 10 all-time or not? 
If he is, can't. then let's not hold him he to will these, these JV standards. I yeah. had eight assists and it's opened up JV the floor. It's not JV standards. And we don't have time Literally to get into it, but your, your statement. Yeah. You think? Yeah, okay. We are going to be in a commercial in about four seconds. So if there's anything else you guys want to say to wrap it up. No? All right, we're back after this. First things first. Final weekend of the USFL regular season is upon us. Saturday, the championship favorite Birmingham Stallions looking to get ready for the playoffs against the Tampa Bay Bandits. That's at 4 Eastern on Fox. Then on Sunday, you got the Breakers, the New Orleans Breakers, and the Houston Gamblers. They're squaring off under the lights at 8.30 Eastern on FS1. USFL football, Saturday and Sunday on Fox and FS1. Stories to start your morning, sponsored by Ram Trucks, now built to serve. And we're talking Draymond Green ahead of tonight's NBA Finals Game 6. Dre hasn't exactly been stuffing the stat sheet so far. That on top of fouling out in three of the five games so far. Head coach Steve Kerr downplaying Dre's struggles in the finals yesterday. He said Dre's defensive force the past two games has just been devastating. Two games. Nick, do you agree with Kerr's two comments? Games. Yeah, two. two. Two games. No, I do not. And you know who also doesn't agree with Steve Kerr's comments? Steve Kerr. Because Steve Kerr benched Draymond Green in one of those two games. So that seems, you know, also doesn't agree with uh, Steve Kerr's comments. Draymond Green's own mother, who took to Twitter during one of those two games to say that maybe this is a, what was that sheep's name? Betty? Betty the cloned sheep? Maybe this is a cloning incident. And that's not actually my son. This is, uh, this is technology run amok. Never seen anything like this. And I bore him. And now we are in the middle of And you know what? I'd expect more from Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr and I are aligned on a lot of things politically. And Steve Kerr understands one of the scourge of modern politics is just outright gaslighting. We all saw something happen. Then people stare into a camera and say, that did not happen. And that's what Steve Kerr's doing to us. Say He didn't say he played. If Steve Kerr wanted to say, I thought Draymond bounced back from a very rough beginning of the series and played an excellent game five. I would have disagreed with him, but okay, I can meet you halfway. Game five, he was I thought he was quite good in the first half. In the second half, thought he was a non-factor and almost a net negative and four fouls in 15 minutes, and they ended up uh, being outscored by five points in the 15 minutes. He was on the court in the second half of game five. That would have been fine. But to throw game four in there, when Draymond himself went on his own. The people who thought Draymond were bad in game four were, in no particular order, Draymond's mother, Steve Kerr, and Draymond himself. And now all of a sudden, he was devastating defensively. So I don't know what we're supposed to do here, Brew. I don't know why you would, like, you want to argue with the people involved at the moment. Not me. You're arguing with Kerr, Draymond, and Draymond's mom that Draymond Green played a good game four. Okay, first of all, can we stop talking about Draymond's mom like she's Phil Jackson? Like she's Red Arbach? Like she's got the final say on who played well or not? If you want to talk about Curry, Draymond, fine. Leave the mom out. With all due respect to her, um, she's a great lady. I follow her on Twitter, too. But I'm not necessarily counting her basketball opinions as gospel. And I'll sit here and say, I, I've said it on the show, Draymond was bad early in this series. 
And, and Steve Kerr also overstated it. He hasn't been great these last two games. I'll give you that, Nick. But you are overstating it the wrong way. You think he's been atrocious. And I don't think so. These last two Except games, for the first half of game he five. has been a monster defensively. A monster. Uh. All right, number one, you know what his defensive rating is the last two games? 91.4. Here's a little context. The best defensive player in the league this year, according to defensive rating, had one of 103. And he's at oh, 91.4. Oh, that's so 4. misleading. That is stellar. No, it's not. That is stellar defense. They have held the Boston Celtics to 94, 97 and 94 points the last two games. That is Dre, a tribute to Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins. Because it ain't a tribute to Steph Curry or Klay Thompson, who's not the defender he used to be since the injuries, or Jordan Poole. You can throw Gary Payton uh, the second in there a little bit, but he's not playing a ton. Kevin, Kevon Looney not playing a ton. So how are they doing it? How are they defending Boston better than Milwaukee, better than uh, Miami? Draymond and Wiggins are the anchors of that. And the other guys are doing their part. So that's what I'll say. I think he's having an impact on the game. These last two. And I think, Nick, when he mentioned after game four that he was terrible, I think he's talking about the whole series. I don't think it was just game four. He was bad the whole series. So, Wilds, I'm not going to overstate it like, oh, Draymond's, you know, playing great. No, but he has contributed mightily particularly on the defensive end. Okay, so there is a myth. I'm going to focus on Steve Kerr. There is a myth that coaching basketball at the highest level is mostly about X's and O's and rotations. I think there is a huge part of it, when you're coaching the best players in the world, that is about confidence and getting the best out of the guys. And this is what we're seeing here is what makes Steve Kerr not a good coach, but a great coach. You can go do a deep dive of Steve Kerr's little pep talks. He had one with Kevin Durant in the finals when Kevin Durant was a little bit off to a slow start. Gives him a little pep talk. He's got a famous one with Steve Kerr, uh, excuse me, with Steph. He sits down and shows him the stat sheet. It's like a plus minus or some advanced stat. It's like, see, even though you're not shooting, you're affecting the game. So, Nick, I think Steve Kerr is not gaslighting anybody. Steve Kerr sees through the bravado of that Draymond exhibits on the podcast and the bravado when he scores two points and gives you the, the ultimate warrior and says, you know what? I need to give this guy a little bit of confidence. Draymond's been playing great. Just like Steve Kerr drew up plays for Draymond okay. to get him a three, even though he still hasn't hit one in the entire series. <laughs> he's trying to get the most out of Draymond. He doesn't think, he doesn't necessarily think he's been playing great. Okay, that's but what fine. values would be like, you know who's been really disappointing? Draymond Green, my okay. goodness. You see what he did in 2016? Wow, wow what a fall off. That's fine. <laughs> but it, because that is literally Steve Kerr's job. But unless Brew yeah. just took a consulting position with the Warriors, it's not his. And now I must admit, I, I am I'm a watching little the game. extra Nick, irritated. He's not playing good Brew. defense. Brew. He's not he playing was, good defense. Uh, for the record, 
Your defensive rating thing sounds impressive until you realize that his defensive rating over the last two games is almost identical to Andrew Wiggins, that in game five, his defensive rating was 98, and the Warriors team defensive rating was 98. And yes, but when you say be the best in all of basketball by 12, like that's... 91. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say 90. No, maybe I said it wrong. Game five... His defensive rating was 98, and the Warriors' defensive rating was 98. The last two games, you you told me it's 91. I'll trust you on it. I also know right. that, again, Steve Kerr and sat the, his the ass down. the team is about 100. Guys, guys I, 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 so, I'm very, I, sometimes I get frustrated. I get frustrated when I'm like, hey, I don't think the Niners believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. And you guys are like, what makes you say that? I'm like, well, they traded three first-round picks for his replacement. You're like, Nick, you hater. I'm like, hey, I don't think Draymond's played good basketball at all. And you're like, what makes you say that? And I'm like, well, his mom said it. And you're like, his mom's not James Naismith. Okay, oh, and you know Phil what? Jackson, my, yes. my, br- Brew, okay, here's the thing. My wife is not a television critic, but I'm going to tell you guys something. If during the middle of one of these shows, old fashion bird on Twitter tweets out, I don't know what's wrong with Nick today. This has been the worst performance. I've never seen him like this. You know what it probably means? Something's wrong with me. Not that, oh, she doesn't have the expertise to comment on it. The idea, like, it's just totally insane. I'm looking for that I get why Kerr is in doing a couple it. minutes. I don't understand <laughs> why Bru is doing I'll be looking fashion, man. <laughs> okay. All right. You know what? I'm, I, I'm I'm excited for another oh, triple Nick. single tonight from Draymond Nick. Green. Uh, I'm no, not, show's I'm over. not saying show's Draymond over. is playing at an all-NBA level. I'm just saying you're okay. going overboard and acting like he's a negative. His defense okay. has been stout. Okay. Oh, Join the game tonight. We've got a lot to talk about tomorrow. I'm looking. Undisputed right now. Very-